Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today.49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show it's training camp eve alex training camp practices officially start tomorrow i'm so excited to get out there and watch it's going to be a lot of fun but there's going to be certain things we want to watch along the way uh yeah there's lots of things um everything you're just gonna everything just all all of it right there's i mean what what is there not to get excited about about this training camp trey lance elijah mitchell tdp debo samuel george kittle Jake Brendel? Oh my god, did I just say Jake Brendel? Jake Brendel? Jake Brendel, yeah. That's exciting because, I it mean, is. if he pans out, then his coaching staff is absolutely genius, as is this front office. I mean, there's so many storylines, so many training camp position battles, which we've covered on this channel, so make sure you like, subscribe if you haven't already. If you've missed those training camp position battles and you're sitting there going, what the world are you guys talking about? Then when this video gets done and we've gone through some of the things to watch at training camp, go back and get yourself familiar with those position battles and, and what to expect and what guys will be paying attention to. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of really cool matchups that are going to happen. I mean, sometimes people are going to be competing to make this roster, and other times they're going to be competing for playing time. And I think that's one of the things to watch when we're getting out there. It's just how they're going ahead and handing out these reps. Who's getting first-team reps? Who's getting second-team reps? You know, who looks like they're in line to get one of these 53-man roster spots? Because ultimately, that's the goal of every single player that goes out there on the field is to be a part of this team in 2022. And the 49ers are looking to put together this coaching staff 
put together the best roster they can so that way they can go out and win football games. That's a lot of what training camp is about. The other part is going to be, you know, figuring out exactly who can do what and what parts of the offense they want to execute. They have a good idea of the skill set, what part of the defense, you know, that they're going to be able to execute, who's going to fit where. Um, I think that's part of the fun of watching training camp is the excitement around it. I'm not going to get caught up in numbers about how many completions or how many interceptions or, you know, how many drops or any of that stuff. That stuff is not as important as it is watching overall rep in and rep out. How are these guys competing? How are they looking technique wise? And that's really what I'm excited to go see. You're not, you're not going to. No, no spreadsheet for me. Wow. Yeah, no, neither for me either. I mean, I just, I, yeah. mean, I just did that because there's some people that really are going to care about that spreadsheet. They're, no, they're Especially if Jimmy Garoppolo, I, <laughs> hold on now, let's, let's put the brakes. If Jimmy isn't out there practicing, there will be people that care about the spreadsheet. If Jimmy Garoppolo is out there practicing, there are going to be a lot of people who care about the spreadsheet and the numbers and what they look like. They'll care about uh, Lombardi's spreadsheet. They'll also care about uh, Grant's spreadsheet. Uh, and they'll care about every media person's spreadsheet because each of them will individually be keeping track of stuff. And for some reason, none of their numbers will add up. No. Um, and, and none of it will make sense, which is part of the reason why we won't be paying attention to those things because nope. it's not necessarily about how many passes get completed a specific way from Trey Lance or all. It's about how the offense moves, how it functions in, in these, you know, drive to go situations. If he has a horrible start to practice hand and, and can't complete anything, can't hit the broad side of the barn, he looks like me out there throwing a football, then number one, you have concerns and questions. But if as practice goes through, he starts to get good and comfortable and finds a rhythm and we get to move the ball drills and all of a sudden this guy's driving the Niners down the field and they're they're marching down like a like they're walking down the middle of a you know main street at during like a western shootout and everyone's afraid of them right if they're just breezing into the end zone then then you're sitting there going who cares about the start of practice where he didn't complete you know 15 straight passes because whatever was going on was going maybe he was working on something that we don't know about yeah the minute it got into crunch time situations where you need to move the football he did and the Niners offense looked great then you're not going to care about the rest of that. It's all about how he performs in said drills, how the team looks, how it's meshing, how it's molding, how guys are playing off of each other, how comfortable they look together, more so than it is what the numbers look like at the end of the day because uh, numbers sometimes don't tell the whole story. Yeah, I mean, most of the times numbers are a reference point you know, that, that coaches could look at. But really what they're looking at is just to make sure you're doing the right things. They want to make sure that you're going, you're in the right spot at the right time, that you knew what your responsibility was. That's more important. It's about stacking good reps. You're, you know you're going to have bad reps. It's about stacking good reps. So you just want to have more good than bad, and you want to improve every single day. So if you're out there and you're doing something, and the you know, and coaches are saying, hey, you need to get better at this. If the next day you come out and show improvement. That's what the coaching staff is looking for. That's what they want from their football team. That's why you can't get caught up in everyone that played good one day and played bad the next day because you're going to have ups and downs as this practices happen, as the coaches are going to put these players in certain situations. A lot of times, the defensive coordinator, especially all the time, and offensive coordinator are working in concert, putting together practice plans so that way they're showing the offense certain things, they're showing the defense certain things so both can get work. Uh, it's not always about putting each team in success, you know, successful situations, but putting them in situations they're going to have to navigate through. So when they get into the games, it's easy for them. So it's a really, they work together in concert to make sure that practices flow a certain way. So when you don't understand what the defense was trying to do at that situation or why they got beat, it could be as simple as they wanted the offense to see a look. They wanted the opportunity for Trey Lance to be successful in that play, and he went out and he executed it. So it's not about that all the way. Sometimes people get caught up in that, like, oh, the defense got beat this day. 
course they did. They were working on certain things on offense. The defense was doing their job and making sure that it worked. All they were doing was focusing on the skills that those defensive players were using at the time. Correct. Um, in, in a shocking turn of events, and uh, practice or scripted? Yeah, heavily. I mean, that's that's crazy. <laughs> crazy to think, but that's the reality. I mean, as a coach, you and I both put together practice plans that were heavily scripted in yeah. terms of what we're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to get done and what look you're trying to get the kids to see and then what you're trying to get them to execute off of that. Um, surprising, but that's what it is, right? You're, you're trying to teach, instruct, learn, build a foundation, and then once that foundation is laid and they understand it, there, you expand upon said foundation. You build up, you build out, whatever you want to do from there. Once that foundation is set, you can do a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, but the foundation has to be there. They have to understand what they're doing. They have to have those base techniques and, and fundamentals in place. And then from there, they have to be able to go out and execute and be able to read and digest and understand. Um, I mean, well, listen, when you're doing one-on-ones, it's pretty easy to understand what the goal of one-on-ones is, is to win, right? So if you have an offensive receiver going up against a defensive cornerback, then there's a winner and a loser. It's very easy to know. And sometimes, in some cases, you can have a winner. Both guys could win and both guys could lose. You have a guy who could play with poor technique uh, and the receiver just drops a ball. That's a loss for both guys in that situation, even if the receiver wins. You have times where a receiver runs a great route and maybe the quarterback doesn't put the ball in the right spot and the DB does a great job of recovering, getting in there and breaking it up. And it's like, okay, that's technically a win for both guys. So it's it's not always clear and concise in terms of who wins and who loses, but there's a clear goal. And it's easy to know when someone does what they're supposed to do when someone does it in one-on-ones. But like you said, in those team drills, it gets a little, little murky because you don't know what the goal is here. Is this an offensive scripted session where the offense is running certain plays to make sure the defense is doing things? Is this a defensive scripted session where the defense is supposed to do specific things so the offense can capitalize? Um. Good, good giveaways though, Ant. When Kyle Shanahan is playing quarterback against the first team defense, typically offensive scripted sessions. Yeah. We did learn that last year. Well, and we we did learn that he's a terrible quarterback. Oh. Throw lots of interceptions. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, results are less important than the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're in these practices, you're just trying to get better. So if you did everything right and the result didn't work out in your favor, the coach is not going to care about that because he knows if you consistently do things right every time you're going to make those plays more times than you're not. So getting beat occasionally is not a problem. If you get beat really bad, you learn from that mistake. You come back. How quick can you shake off that moment of bad play? Those things are going to happen. This isn't about one play, two plays. It's about all of it in totality. And that's one of the things that these NFL players understand. That's why they don't get too high. They don't get too low. They learn this stuff going through training camp. It's just harder for people that are watching to understand that you don't need to hang on every single moment at practice. Watch more how they're running, their style, the way that they're doing their techniques, the way they're able to move with fluidity. All those things are what's important. That's what I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be watching hand placement, how they're you know operating in space, all the things that they're needing to do. If they're doing it right, I'm going to be excited about it. If they're having struggles, you know, running the wrong routes, doing the wrong things, those are things that are going to be cause for concern, but not so much the results. I could care less, you know, if a guy, you know, doesn't get targeted during practice. Who cares? How did his routes look when he was out there running? Was he creating separation? The quarterback just didn't look his way. Maybe he wasn't a focus of the offense. So results, not as important. The process, very important. Extremely important. And what you just said about hand placement and uh, kind of correlates to a lot of different positions. It does. It isn't just O-line. It's your DBs and what they're doing with, with hands on receivers and when they're working on press man coverages. Works for guys in special teams in terms of their blocking, what they're supposed to be doing, the receivers, hand placement as well, blocking out in space. And when you're, when you're taking care of business there, your tight ends, 
what they're doing on the O-line, your, your running backs, your linebackers as well, when they're picking up blitzes. All of those things are going to come into a play for a lot of positions, a variety of positions. And, and what they do with their hands coming off the ball for the D-line as well is, is vitally important. We've seen Kacarek working on that sled with those guys and them firing oh, yeah. out, getting those hands out quick, popping that bag and, you know, exploding out in space. So all of it is going to come into, into effect. And you're right. The process is the thing that's the most important. Um, I know you and I both preach this as coaches coming up, right? It's not about the end result. It's not about that W at the end. It's about how we got there because we can get there doing things wrong all the time. That's right. But when the, when it matters most in the toughest games, and the toughest situations, if we don't know how to do it the right way and the other team does, you're not coming out of that thing with the W you want. You're not going to, that game is not going to have the end result that you want it to have because you're not doing things the right way. You haven't gone about pro the process correctly. You've taken some shortcuts. You haven't necessarily been clean in certain areas and it's going to come back to bite you in the butt. And that was last year started off two and zero. They weren't really yeah. executing very well. And then after that, downhill in a hurry. They had to clean up some of that process stuff and that execution in order to become the team that we did at the end of the season that got themselves to an NFC Championship game. If you can get those things cleaned up and dialed up right now in training camp, then you're in a much better spot coming into the season because, hey, some years you start slow and figure it out. Some years you start red hot and stay red hot all the way until the very end. And some years, like last year, you start great, you struggle, and then you have to climb yourself back up. It doesn't always go the same way every time. But it's about that process, doing things a certain way, building repertoire with each other, knowing what the what the expectations are, setting a standard for each other, and then living up to that standard day in and day out. Yeah, it's going to be nice seeing the chemistry and how these guys play together and how these guys operate together and how they're growing as a unit, you know, and as a team. And I think that's something that's going to be fun to watch during training camp. And let's see, you know, what the coaches say and the reactions that they have after practices, you know, how they feel each player's doing, what things, you know, what looks, uh, because I think some of the things that they talk about, we're going to be able to correlate to what we see. And I, I think that's going to be exciting because we're going to learn about how the 49ers are using each one of these players. You know, is Jason Brett be, being used in the slot or Emmanuel Mosley or, you know, is Drake Jackson playing in a specific role, you know, as a, a situational pass rusher or is he getting base four, three down uh, snaps? I think he will, but I think you're going to get an idea of where these players are going to be uh, looked at and used. And we're going to get an idea of who's going to make this 53-man roster. And I think that's what's going to be fun about it. You're learning a lot about these players. You're learning how the coaches envision their roles being in the 2022 season and how they feel that they can fit all these pieces together to make the masterpiece of which they believe can win them a Super Bowl. Not just that, too, but I want to—I really want to take a look at, too, when, when it comes to scripted sessions and unscripted sessions for the San Francisco 49ers, what the scripted offense looks like because it looked a very specific way last year in training camp. Yeah. Kyle was doing specific things. There was a lot of motion in. There wasn't a lot of fly sweeps. There wasn't a lot of reverses and things of that nature. Um, it was very basic and very fundamental and, and looked a specific way. And I was like, that's cool. That's great. You're not going to get into a bunch of the crazy stuff right away. We, we get that. Uh, but then we didn't see a lot of fly sweeps last year. We didn't see a lot of reverses. So maybe it was a little bit of a tell, maybe unknowingly, but it was a little bit of a tell unknowingly. Um, I want to see what it looks like this year. What does that base scripted stuff look like this year with Trey Lance as QB1? Also, with the pieces you have on the O-line and the Chris Forrester effect on that offense in the run game, how do those those scripts look? How does that run game look? And what are they trying to attack? Yeah, you're right. I mean, the run game could look significantly different or it could look the same. You know, I mean, Chris Forrester was helping last year. True. So he has an understanding of what Mike McDaniel was doing with the run game. 
but you're right let's see how many times they go with a bigger set with their run style they're going to run gap scheme you know are they going to run more outside zone uh we know the 49ers ran a tremendous amount of sweeps last year and toss plays mm -hmm. and i think that is what's going to actually bring back the reverses and the counters and those sort of things because teams were having to fly out to be able to stop those and so now you have the ability to go ahead and fake those and come back the other way. In the Dallas game, they did that with Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel was able to almost pick up a really crucial you know, first down on a third and long. So I think those things are going to be there, but you're right. You're going to get to see kind of how these offensive pieces fit and how the 49ers plan to do certain things scheme-wise. That's going to be exciting to watch. Maybe we'll get to see Trey Lance working on some RPO. I fully expect that to be the case. But we'll probably get a better idea of what the offensive trend is going to be. We're not going to see all the aspects of the offense where Kyle Shanahan is not going to go out there and completely run it all. And, of course, early on, you're going to see the install. But at some point, we're going to get a clear direction of what this offense is pointing towards and what this defense is pointing towards. And I'm excited to see it. Oh, pumped to see it, man. Jacked, uh, jacked to the moon to see what this offense looks like and what they're going to be doing. And then also just on the offensive defensive side of the ball, how they're utilizing players. You brought up Jason Verrett, right, and what spots he's playing or what they have him doing out there. But that applies to a lot of positions. That applies to your safety room. What's Talanoa Hufanga doing? How many first-team reps is he getting? Your front four, how are they utilizing these guys? What does the rotation look like for Chris Kacarek? Is it specific or is it just a bunch of nonsense and he's just throwing guys out there because he's just trying to get a feel for who he thinks the best four together could be that works together out in the football field for the 49ers and the O-line. What is Brendel doing? What's Banks doing? What's Jalen Moore doing? Woo! Nick Zakelge, Jason Poe. What is that man going to be up to? All of these you positions. You said it. Nick Zakel. Yeah, Nick Zakel. Uh, Nick Zakel. <laughs> all of them. Like, what What are they doing? How are they being utilized? What opportunities are they being granted? And does that point one way or the other in terms of their development or p potentially standing on the roster come day one through, throughout the year? Because last year we saw, right, Tom Compton, Colt McKivitz stuck in the roles that we were used to seeing them. And then two days before the end of training camp for us us plebs us normal folks who are on the coaching staff right two days before all of a sudden a big flip and a big switch and that ends up being the roles that they end up being locked into throughout the rest of the season yeah and it, it, it kind of went unnoticed by everyone but us for True. whatever reason we're the only ones that were really talking about it and it was a big significant move that played out during the regular season as far as far as two at 53-man cuts where Colton McKivitz got released and Tom Compton made the team. That alone, that switch, should have helped us figure out that that was going to happen. True. I'm definitely going to be more in tune to those type of things this year oh, when we're trying to predict, predict the 53-man roster coming out of training camp. I think that this is something that's going to be fun to watch, and you're right. We're going to get a lot of little details like that. I mean, we were there when when Austin got hurt as well, the wide receiver. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we saw the foot, and we just saw how, how injured he was at the time. And it's unfortunate. And, and watching him gut it out. Oh, gutting it out through practice, trying to make it work because he knew that if, if he wasn't healthy, he wasn't going to be able to make that roster. Not only that, but we also got to see Jalen Hurd's emergence last year in the one practice after getting called out by Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. He gets called out. We were disappointed. We didn't see him that day. We knew we were going back the next day. Kyle Shanahan makes a call, and Ant looks at me and goes, it's going to be electric tomorrow. We get there, and sure enough, Jalen Hurd goes out there and balls out. One of the best practices from a wide receiver that we saw all trading camp, and the things he was doing were absolutely great. Definitely was the practice that got him back onto the 53-man roster, and then unfortunately things go a certain way. But that's what I mean. The storylines and the things that will happen day in and day out when a guy doesn't meet expectations, knowing what you're going to hear from the coaching staff afterwards, 
and what that response will be the next day is always a glorious thing as well. Yeah, it is. And we're going to finally get answers as far as uh, injured players as True. well. You know, it, 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 what's gonna, is Mike McGlinchey ready to roll? What's it, Dee Ford's status? Is Javon Kinlaw ready to roll? That was uh, the is, one of the most Is Dee Ford there? You know what I mean? What is going to happen with this? I think there's so many cool things and cool storylines. Is Jason Verrett geared up and ready to roll? Is he going to be on the side field? All this stuff is going to be reported, and you can you can listen to that right here tomorrow because we're going to be talking about everything that happened at training camp in day one. You don't want to miss that live stream. If you got questions, hopefully we have answers, but I knew we we're going to have a lot of observations. Uh, tons of observations and hopefully tons of questions to go along with our observations and things that we saw and hopefully some insight. Hopefully insight we can provide you on what's going on if you can't make it because not everyone can. Not, not everyone is you know, this as close as we are, and we're not even necessarily that close no. to Levi Stadium, but uh, uh, not everyone is as close as we are or closer. Some people, it's just be too hard to make it to training camp, and we get it. That's what we're here for. We're going to give you our insights, trying not to be biased in terms of yeah. guys we like, but just tell it how it is. Let you know what we saw, what we're thinking, and uh, where we're leaning and where we think the Niners coaching staff may be leaning. Because at the end of the day, Ant, we can feel whatever way we want about players or individuals. We're not going to be making the decisions that coaching staff is going to be. Yeah, to be honest, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to put my coaching hat on the same way I would do if I was, you know, coaching my team. And I'm going to sit back and watch these players and how they're operating. And that's the observations I'm going to make. And a lot of times I'm going to, I'll try to put myself into the coach's, you know, shoes as far as, you know, what they're seeing or what they're looking for that fits their offense. Uh, but when it comes to just evaluating how a player moves and how they're reacting to certain things, I think that's what's going to be fun about it. The fact that me and you have coached before gives us a little bit of a, a heads up on maybe how they're handling certain things at practice when things are warmups. I, I, there's a lot of times that warmups get reported as, you know, big time moments. And it's like, no, man, they're just going through their, just, they're, they're going through their EDDs, their bro. everyday drills. So um, I think it's going to be a fun perspective to have. And I'm I'm curious, you know, how this thing looks. You know, and if if we get into it and we and we uh, hit on some things, that'll be great. And if we hit, we miss on some things, that'll be great too. It's just going to be a fun experience. Uh, the insight is always what it's about. It's about the experience. It's about being able to go out there and see this, and uh, every year learn with this coaching staff. Yeah, I mean that's the reality, right? And a it's, new coaching staff. It's true. There's new guys here. There's new new requisites for the wide receiver room. There's going to be new requisites on the defensive side of the ball. There's going to be new requisites in the run game. There's new new requisites for your running backs. Like every, there are so many things that are going to change, and your quarterbacks can't forget your quarterbacks and, and the special teams can't forget the special. See, tight ends. so tight ends. So <laughs> many changes, TCC, which means we get to learn along with the players in terms of what those expectations are and how those coaches plan to get those things across. And we'll see how it plays out. It was exciting last year. It was fun. It was insightful. And this year, it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be insightful. But it's also going to be a little more focused and dialed in because we know what to look for a little bit better than we did the previous year. Yeah, it's year two of training camp for us, which means you know we have an understanding of where we need to be, what we need to watch, how things are going to operate. Uh, so hopefully, you know, we'll be even better with our coverage than we were last year. I fully expect just like, you know, the players are getting better. We're going to get better as well. I'm looking forward to the thing, but I'm mostly excited because football season's here. Uh, it's time to strap it up. Practice is starting. This is when and there's just something you can smell it in the air. I can't wait to get out there, you know, and, and just smell it, the smell the field. And it's going to be fun because this is going to be one heck of a season. I think this team is built uh, for success and this is the first start. And this first start is getting out there and proving it in practice. It's how you can prove it in the games. And it's going to be fun to talk about. It's going to be exciting to talk about TCC. Don't miss any of it. Make sure you're subscribed. If you haven't already, hit that notification bell, like the video, and comment down below. What, the thing, what thing are you most excited 
about hearing, or maybe you're going to be there. Ooh, nice. And in that case, you should find us and say what's up and say, hey, uh, but the thing you most enjoyed about day one of training camp or, or what you're looking forward to coming into training camp as well, we want to hear all of those things down in the comment section below. And it's exciting times. Football is literally literally on the doorstep we, we are right there that first step is about to get taken into the 2022 campaign and we're here for all of it we'll let you know well all, all the things to come everything that happens from day one you can find it right here and until that time cut back in the faithful stay safe know the right way is, is always the 49ers, 49ers way later tcc For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.